Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra podcast as uh, we broadcast on this post-Memorial Day Tuesday, the last day of May, kind of catch you up on a couple things going on around Purdue football and uh, Purdue basketball. Hope you had an extended holiday weekend. Uh, Some of you may still be on your extended holiday weekend, and that's fine. Uh, but it's the unofficial start of summer and all that kind of stuff, uh, fresh off the, the Indy 500. And I'm not a big racing guy, number one. So um, I've never, you know, I'm from Indiana. I've never been to the 500. Uh, don't plan to go at any time. But I do I do watch the race on, on replay because uh, we can't see it live here for uh, some archaic reason. Uh, that the Speedway will we'll keep it off uh, uh, the television sets uh, within a uh, 60 or so mile radius uh, of, uh, of the Motor Speedway. But anyway, uh, if you had a chance to go, hope you had a good time. And, uh, and I, I will say it was uh, pretty dramatic at the end, uh, the way they did it, um, having a bit of a, uh, a two-lap sprint to the finish. So... Uh, they did add some drama to that, so I did, I did appreciate that. But just wanted to uh, catch up on a couple things uh, since the last time we, uh, last time I had one, uh, did a podcast. Uh, the the one thing that's out there right now from a Purdue football standpoint is that uh, there was a tweet uh, Monday night uh, from uh, an account, uh, I believe, based in Chicago. Uh, that said Charlie Jones, uh, who was at Iowa but had entered the transfer portal. Uh, He's the Big Ten returner of the year and one of the top returners in the nation and also a wide receiver, has committed to Purdue, uh, and the commitment is driven by NIL, name, image, and likeness. Well, let's tackle the first part of that. I I do believe that he has told Purdue that he's coming uh, to the program. Now, the NIL stuff, um, you know, Purdue doesn't even have its collectives fully in place yet. So um, there, there's that part of it I'm really skeptical about. Um, and you don't know the motivation uh, for this. This, you know, this Twitter account doesn't have a lot of followers. It could be a, could be a friend of Charlie Jones that he's just trying to get some uh, exposure for, uh, and you know, and that's that's speculation because, but sometimes that that does happen. Uh, but the fact that it was motivated motivated by NIL tells me, and this is just me uh, thinking about this, is that he he's probably looking for uh, a significant NIL deal. Uh, so if it's out there that, um. He's got an NIL deal from Purdue, which I don't believe he has, but that can be a, a negotiating uh, chip for him if other schools uh, really want uh, his, his services. So that's what NIL potentially has turned into here. Uh, Purdue just doesn't, at this point, uh, on May 31st, just doesn't have those mechanisms in place to entice a, a a transfer or a recruit with NIL uh, resources 
at, at this point. Doesn't mean it won't happen down the road, and they're never going to get in the deep end of it, as you know. But I, I just don't believe the NIL part of this uh, is what it's is what maybe people uh, think it is. But I, you know, I I'm confident in saying that he has told Purdue he's coming. But I will say that I believe that uh, Purdue is kind of waiting to see if he actually shows up uh, for summer school and enrolls in, in, in classes and does all the things you need to do to make the transfer uh, official. Now, summer school will be starting uh, in the middle of June, uh, thereabouts. So, you know, I think we still have a couple weeks before this, you know, really you know, before we know for sure. Now, he has not announced anything. He has not come out and said he's going to transfer to Purdue. Uh, Purdue was a uh, a candidate when he went in the portal a few weeks ago. Um, you know, would fill a, fill a big need in the return game because Purdue has not been as dynamic uh, as, it, as it wants to be or it needs to be in the return game uh, under Jeff Brom, and that's when they had Rondell Moore for... Uh, a, a couple of seasons, um, and they would like to add somebody or uh, at least up that level of their game on special teams to, to to flip the field, create a big play, change a game, all those kinds of things. But you know, Purdue has just not been able to to get that part of it done. Jones would also bring another wide receiver into the room, and while he didn't put up big numbers uh, last year. For Iowa, he did catch 21 passes, uh, but ranked second in uh, yards per catch and did have three touchdowns. Uh, he would be, you know, he would be a good piece in the receiver room based on who they have coming back right now, and it would help make up for uh, the loss of uh, Milton Wright, who, as you know, is academically ineligible and uh, is not likely to play in 2022. Even though there are uh, some rumblings that he was going to. Uh, submit a waiver to try to um, get some academic stuff, you know, changed. Uh, but I, I just, I, I, I think the hole's too deep there uh, for him, for him to get out of. Um, so you know, Purdue is likely not going to have him unless some some weird circumstances happen over the next few weeks. And again, you got summer school starting up in June and then that would be really the last opportunity to to uh to, to get anything done from a academic standpoint. But you know, Jones um as I, you know said earlier he was the, the Big Ten returner of the year. Uh he you know he ranked uh pretty high nationally in every yards per punt return. You know, in two thousand twenty he he averaged ten point yards on punt returns, and that was 11th in the nation. He's a former walk-on who uh, actually started his career at Buffalo and then transferred uh, to Iowa. Um, but it would be a, it would be a good get for Purdue if it, if it all comes together. But um, it's just not. It, it's one of those um, situations where it's just you're not comfortable going all the way with it because you just don't know if he's going to. Uh, to get there, uh, or be be at Purdue, you know when it when it's time, um, 
and we've seen so many of these situations now change with the transfer portal and NIL that, you know, once you, you know, you, you think something's going to happen and then something else, you know, pops up. You know, it could be, and this is speculation on my party, could be throwing the NIL thing out there just to um, maybe tell programs he, he has a deal with Purdue and uh, they're going to have to beat that deal, whatever that, you know, whatever that deal is, a negotiation ploy or, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, athletes are going to try to maximize uh, this situation to the best of their ability, and you can't blame them. Uh, because these are the these this is the, the circumstances that we now live under and uh, cover college football and watch college football is you know based on NIL and the transfer portal and um, so we'll see where this thing eventually uh, leads to and again we a couple weeks I think uh, before we know for sure you know what's going to happen in this area um, but again it'd be it'd be a nice addition. Uh, would would just it would it provide a boost on special teams and you know Purdue needs that Purdue needs that and they need another receiver um, it, it would be helpful to the offense uh, and just you know give Purdue a, a pretty good running start uh, heading into the the, the 20, uh, 22 season so you know but you know Jones was also a guy that you know announced in January he was coming back and then boom all of a sudden. Uh, in May, he's announcing that he's he's in a transfer portal, uh, and, and he's leaving. Uh, all the reasons for that, you know, plenty of speculation, but uh, no one knows for sure exactly, uh, you know, the reasons for that. Uh, you know, he does have you know Tyrone Tracy, obviously transferred to Purdue, so that's a Iowa teammate of his. Uh, maybe that played a role into it, and there's could be other factors. Uh, as well, but this is one of those where you just—I think you just gotta step back, kind of see how this plays out, uh, kind of follow, you know, what happens if other schools start to step up uh, and try to lure him from an NIL standpoint, uh, and, and and go from there. And the other thing with NIL, and since Purdue doesn't have its collectives um, fully in place yet, I mean they're getting ready to host uh, several recruits uh, this weekend, uh, some high-level recruits from the state of Indiana and also from, from outside the state. But, you know, Purdue's not in a position right now to lay out exactly what kind of NIL opportunities will be here for those athletes. And they're going to visit other schools, and those other schools are going to have probably firm details like if you come here, here's what you here's what you'll get, type of thing. Uh, and I, I just I don't know if Purdue is ready to do that, uh, which would be a huge um, missed opportunity for them because some of the players they have coming in this weekend are players that they've been recruiting for a long time. They're in-state guys. Uh, they're they're guys that Purdue needs to get, and 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 NIL will be a topic of conversation uh, during this weekend on the recruiting visit. It just, it will be. I mean, there'll be, you know, Purdue will present its NIL plan through the Boilermaker marketplace where they can put their name in a database and then 
wait for businesses to see if they want to uh, hook up with them. Uh, but a lot of what schools are doing now are being proactive in the NIL marketplace and trying to line up things uh, beforehand. And, I, you know, Purdue is behind, and it, and I'm sure they've taken some steps to catch up, but I, I don't think they're there yet. Now, Purdue could, you know, there could be an announcement this week that Purdue's collective or collectives are going to be up and running uh, soon, and that would that would help. But uh, if they're not up and being publicized by the weekend when these recruits are in town, you know, it could be a missed opportunity because then they're going to go to other schools on visits and probably those schools are, are more together in the NIL uh, situation and they're going to tell them, here's what, you know, you can earn. You know, this goes beyond, okay, we're going to set up an autograph show for you and 10 of your teammates or, you know, you're going to make a personal appearance here and all that's, that's good. But, um, you know, Purdue needs, Purdue needs a little bit more there. And, you know, I understand that, you know, Mitch Daniels doesn't want to jump into the deep end. Purdue doesn't want to jump into the deep end. And there's probably donors and boosters who don't want to jump into the deep end with this thing. But you've got to, You've got to be in the game uh, at some level. Not, you know, I think Purdue is in the game at some level, but probably needs to be in the game a little bit more uh, than than what it is right now. And um, and we'll just kind of see how this how this plays out because, as you know, you know, you lost Nigel Pack, um, got outbid basically by Nigel Pack, um, or for Nigel Pack by Miami, and um, you know, few few weeks ago on, on the basketball part of it and uh, you know don't know for sure about Tyrese Hunter but if you're looking at it from a purely basketball standpoint Purdue was the perfect fit for him because of the need but he goes to Texas where they have other point guards on the roster and he's going to have to fight for playing time he's going to have to fight to get the ball because of the number of transfers on that team and the type of players they have on that team and uh, you still got Marcus Carback you know, he's going to want the ball in his hands. So there's a lot of, you know, did Tyrese Hunter get an NIL deal from Texas? I'm sure he did. It just hasn't been publicized like the Nigel Pack uh, deal was. And Hunter's deal may never get publicized. But it's just, it's hard to believe that, um, and I know I cover Purdue and um, all that kind of stuff. But uh, Purdue was the best fit for him from a basketball standpoint uh, but you know these are these are things that are going to continue to go on um, in, in college athletics so you know how quickly Purdue does get moving or get to the end of uh, being able to say this is our collective this is what you know this is what we can do uh, type of thing and um, uh, you know the quicker they get there the better off it's going to be and it really needs to happen uh, today, uh, because of what what's coming up this weekend, because of you know you're going to have a big weekend of official visits. You got another big weekend of official visits uh, at the end of the month. 
and then you've got an opportunity to have basketball official visits as well. So, um, you know, they really, you know, they really need to pick up the pace uh, a little bit. And, you know, we don't know for sure exactly where that pace is at right now. We, you know, we all know it's been, been working on, it's been discussed. Um, but, you know, how many hoops they have to jump through and, you know, who, who has the final say and all this kind of stuff uh, are things that, you know, are still still kind of vague. On, on the basketball front, now that Tyrese Hunter is going to Texas, where does that leave Purdue? You know, I, I'm, I, I think they're still going to pursue Courtney Ramey, uh, who, has, who plans to transfer from Texas. Uh, Ramey, though, has been involved in uh, trying to get uh, NBA workouts, uh, I think ideally he would like to to move to the next level right now, uh, but I, I think it's it's been difficult for him to uh, to catch the eye of the pro scouts and kind of see where he stands. He, he was involved in a, a pro day over the weekend in L.A. Um, you know how he did. You know what what comes out of that. Um, you know don't know for sure, uh, but he you know he he's a guy that would probably fit very well at Purdue. You know, based on his history, uh, he, he's a pretty good shooter from three-point range. But, you know, defensively, I, I think that's where Purdue would like to see an upgrade uh, out on the perimeter. And, you know, I think Ramey kind of fits that. Uh, he was he was upset he didn't make the all-defensive team in the Big 12 last year. I think it's something he takes a lot of pride in. Um, you know, and he went, he went battled, he battled Jaden Ivey in that second round game. And, you know, Jaden got the best of him at the end, but, uh, you know, his strength is, you know, based on all accounts, he's a, he's a very, uh, talented on ball defender. And, you know, that's something I think, you know, Purdue needs, but he can also give you a, a bit of an offensive punch and, um, and give you some experience there, uh, so Purdue can kind of transition uh, into uh, the point guards they have on the current roster with um, Braden Smith uh, and Ethan Morton. You know, Ramey would allow you to uh, to do that. And you know, I you know Purdue. You know, the next step in that process is Purdue getting him in for a visit. Uh, and I, I don't know if there's a drop dead date with Matt Painter to say if we don't have a transfer point guard by. Uh, this date, then we're done. We're going with what we have on the roster, or is this something that that will go deep into the summer? Uh, obviously, by the first day of school, you, you know that that would probably be the drop dead date. Uh, but I, I don't know if there's a a date coming up in his mind that okay, got to have this settled by then. But you know, Purdue doesn't know exactly what its roster is going to look like because of this vacancy they have at the at the point guard uh, position. Uh, the other guy that has kind of come to the forefront a little bit, David Jenkins Jr. He played at Utah last season. Uh, he had transferred in from South Dakota State. Before that, UNLV. Um, he started the first nine games last year uh, for Utah, but then his role diminished a little bit. Uh, appears to be a really good three-point shooter. Uh, he's probably not a traditionally uh, traditional point guard uh probably more of a two guard but he does give you a scoring punch um you know and he 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 is a um he's an option right now uh he would you know he'd be a short-term option obviously 
Uh, but he's been in the transfer portal since March, uh, and he still hasn't uh, decided where he's going to go. Um, you know, I, I, this would not be uh, an A-level pick in my mind. Uh, this would just be a guy um, you bring in some experience. He would give you some scoring, uh, but I, I don't know if he really, you know, fits the traditional point guard role. Uh, and I and I just don't know, you know, just based reading about him and all that, and just you know, I have not seen him play. Um, I, I would have no reason to watch Utah <laughs> play last year, uh, but he, he would be, I, I think, a notch below what Purdue had been looking at. You know, when you go to Nigel Pack and Tyrese Hunter and even Courtney Ramey and some of the other guys that they've looked at, um, but I, I think he would be a notch below uh, what what they. Uh, what they would want, but uh, he would probably fill some sort of need uh, somewhere. But it just it, it would be a I, I, it doesn't appear to be an ideal uh, fit. Uh, now, don't know the kid, don't know anything about him other than what I've read. Uh, might be a terrific guy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, might you know could could fit in from a chemistry standpoint, but for what Purdue needs, uh, I'm not sure he would be. Uh, the right fit right now. You know, Malachi Smith is a talented guard from Chattanooga. He was on Purdue's radar uh, early in the process, but he's no longer uh, an option. He's another guy that was trying to kind of see where he stood uh, from the NBA standpoint. Uh, He he did get some workouts with some teams. Uh, He was the uh, SoCon Player of the Year a very talented player, dynamic. I mean, he would he would fit what Purdue would want from that point guard position. But I think if he, if he comes back to college, I think he's probably looking more at the NIL situation than what Purdue could offer uh, in, from that standpoint. And that 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 will take uh, um, that would take Purdue out of the running uh, uh, for that. Uh, so that's where. Things kind of stand right now, and I'm sure they're still looking uh, at, at other players. And but at some point, you just have to, you know, if you're not going to go to Courtney Ramey, you know, how much more, how much down the list do you go before you just settle and say, okay, you know, the guys we have on our roster are the guys that are going to play. And if if Purdue doesn't get a transfer point guard, you're probably looking at a combination of Ethan Morton. And Braden Smith uh, running the point. Uh, Ethan Morton's more than capable of doing it. Um, you know, Painter has described him as you know the best passer he's ever recruited. Um, but there's more to playing the point guard than than just that. I mean, I think Ethan has established himself as a as a solid defender. Um, but you know that's a that's been a different uh, uh, situation. Um, than what than than playing full time point guard as opposed to defending and playing in the ten to fifteen minutes that that he's been playing during um, you know during his season so uh, there there would be some growing pains there uh, and then Braden Smith he's coming off a foot injury um, you know obviously Purdue sees him uh, as a future point guard. But asking a, a true freshman uh, who's a little bit undersized, but does bring a lot of uh, work ethic and a lot of uh, 
uh, you know, has a certain attitude about him, which will be a positive. Uh, but asking a freshman to to do it for, you know, maybe 25 minutes a game, 20 to 25 minutes a game, uh, might be a big bit of a stretch. Um, and but you know maybe the best thing would be to throw him just into the fire and let him go. Uh, there there is enough talent around this team to to maybe let uh, a player like Smith um, kind of find his way. Uh, but with the ball being his hand, with the ball needing to be in his hands as much as it's going to be, um, you know, can that can that work the way that you you want it to work? Um, so if they don't get any transfer point guard, I, I would assume that we'll be looking at some sort of point guard by committee, uh, situational stuff, um, you know, based on who you're playing, you know, what lineup is in the game, uh, and all that kind of, all those kind of things. So, um, you know, Purdue, you know, it, it seems like it's been going on forever, but, you know, in reality, it's only been a couple months, but, you know, Purdue's had opportunities to get a couple guys and it just hasn't worked out and you know you start well if it if nil wasn't a thing would purdue have already had its point guard i mean that's 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 huge speculation right there you know i I would think that they probably would have landed nigel pack without you know all this nil stuff uh because again purdue was the best fit at at that point uh because he wanted to play closer to home uh in in a good program that would you know push him towards uh, you know the NBA, uh, and you know, and Tyrese Hunter. We don't know for sure, but um, you know, we'll see where, where this all plays out. And you know, it's going to be the if Purdue doesn't get a, a a transfer point guard, then they're they're not going to be, you know, probably in the upper mix. Uh, you know, when when people start picking how the Big Ten's going to shake out, uh, because you know Hunter Dixon Dixon's coming back. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis is coming back for IU. Uh, there's been, you know, some other players that are coming back. So, uh, you know, Purdue would not be uh, the first team out of your mouth when you start talking about a Big Ten champion uh, and, and things like that. They would have a, a lot of work to do to get back in there. I mean, I th- they would be extremely competitive in the, in the Big Ten, but they would not be, you know, near the top, you know, just looking at their roster right now. Uh, doesn't mean they can't get there, but that's, you know, that's just, as, as we sit here at the end of May or, or early June, that's kind of where, you know, things things stand right now. But uh, regardless, Purdue will field a team uh, next season. They'll have a point guard. We just don't know for sure who it'll be. But, you know, they'll have Zach Eady. They'll have Caleb First. They'll have Trey Kaufman-Wren and so on and so forth. And we'll see how this all uh, shakes out uh, once once we find out if they're going to get a transfer point guard or not. Uh, I'm sure part of them, part of the coaching staff, and everybody'd like to just, just kind of know where where this thing's going to head. Um, but this is the way it may be every year. Maybe not for Purdue, but for other programs where you're waiting uh, in, in early June to find out what your roster is going to look like. And I also think the transfer portal is going to have an effect on on scheduling, on non-conference scheduling, and some of these marquee matchups that we're used to seeing, uh, that we that we see every year in the Big Ten ACC Challenge and the and the Gavit Games, because uh, the people that put together these matchups 
are waiting to see what the what the teams look like. I mean, there's there's you know they're probably waiting a little bit to see what Purdue's going to look like before they match them up with somebody from the Big East and the ACC. You know, you know, kind of know where Indiana stands right now. You know where Michigan stands right now. You know where some other other schools stands, but. You know, Purdue, there's, you know, I think they're just kind of waiting. So this is, I think, something that's going to be part of the fabric of college basketball and college sports now is just waiting to to see, you know, what teams are going to look like, who they're going to have on their roster, and, you know, where where things go. So, you know, these these matchups and things like that may may happen later and later every year because, you know, teams are not whole, uh you know, they used to be, you had a great idea probably by the end of April or at least mid-May what your roster was going to look like. But, you know, now, uh, you know, here we are at the end of May and Purdue doesn't know for sure exactly, uh, you know, what what its roster is going to look like. It's 99% done, but you're missing that one one potential key piece that could take you from a, a mid-level Big Ten team to one that could be in the in the upper three or four uh, and contending for that double buy situation uh, when you when you get down to the big ten tournament and and, and, and things like that so that's kind of where things stand um, from you know from from what we know right now uh, with with basketball and then of course with football as we talked about you know, we'll see we'll see how things play out with uh, uh, you know Charlie Jones here. You know with with the portal stuff, or not the portal stuff, with the NIL stuff. You know Purdue doesn't need to compete against Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and those schools. It, you know they they should be on equal footing with Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern, Minnesota, um, in, in what they're able to. To offer, I mean, they just those are your those are your key competitors there when it comes to football. Those are the teams. Those are your peers. Those are the ones that you need to beat on a on a on a annual basis. Um, you know, and I, I throw Nebraska in there, but that, that's kind of a different uh, situation. You know, Nebraska basically is is using the NIL to their to their advantage and getting. You know, getting players in, and uh, they've they've committed a lot of resources to their their numerous numerous transfers that they've brought in, and and we'll see how that all pays off or plays out uh, coming up uh, this season. But you know, as, you know, Purdue doesn't need to be in the deep end of this thing. They just need to be on the same level with the the schools that they they compete with on a on an annual basis. And that's what they need. That's what they need to do. They need, and they need to get there. Um, and they need to show that they can get there. And there needs to be some transparency about, you know, how they're going to get there, and you know, and what they're going to be able uh, uh, to do. So, again, you know, we're we got a full summer of NIL discussion and all that kind of stuff, and um, and it's just it's never going backwards. It only goes forwards, and that's where. You know that's where we'll be headed. So you can't, as they say, you can't put the genie back into the bottle. Uh, the genie's out, and this is what it's going to be. So you have to adapt and adjust, and 
you know, get your get your school and your athletic department uh, in the game, and you know, help your coaches recruit uh, better, and just you know, help 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 get things going uh, in, in that in in that direction. Well, we appreciate you uh, uh, stopping by. Uh, can't say for sure when the next podcast will be. Be as uh, things warrant, as news plays out. Um, and or if I just get get bored and want to talk into my phone uh, for you know fifteen to, to to twenty to twenty minutes, you know questions concerns, feel free to hit me up email or uh, Twitter, and uh, hopefully we can we can answer a few questions uh, throughout the summer. Uh, just whatever is on your mind. Again, thanks for stopping by, and have a good day.